really fun, cool, and sexy thing about Australian houses is that they're insulate, like they're built to keep you cool in summer, but they're also built to keep you cold during winter. So um, it's not insulated; it's just all fucked. So if it's six degrees outside, it's also six degrees inside. See, the fun thing about uh, houses in the Pacific Northwest is that uh, no one has uh, no building planner or uh, or landlord uh, installs air conditioning units because uh, uh, because you know, it's, it's sort of supposed to be pretty breezy throughout the entire year. And the philosophy has always been, oh, well, it's only hot, like really hot, like three days out of the year. Why do we need AC? And then this fucking happens. Yeah. Isn't this year like a huge heat wave for Oregon? Like, isn't yes. it the Pacific Northwest like fucked? <laughs> yep. 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 It's extremely, <laughs> extremely fucked. Uh, it's so fucking hot. It was literally like, uh, uh, 114 degrees, which I'm just going to convert into Celsius for you right now. I mean, I know it's high, but feel free. So that's 45 Celsius? No! <laughs> yeah. Fuck no! Yeah. Absolutely fucking not! Yeah. Hey, Jupiter! Hey, Jupiter! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely fucking not! That's so fucking bad! You know how um Australia is famous for having extremely hot and dry deserts at the very top there are some towns that basically stay at the lowest they get is like 20 something degrees in the middle of winter and their mm-hmm. highest is around the 40 to 50 mark so how do you feel <laughs> being in the equivalent of an australian desert in which people barely live there uh bad in a place where there's no air conditioning and where we were in like we were hotter than like 99% of the country Ugh. uh yeah it's fuck it fucking sucks it's it's real rough um that is the pits yeah yeah and um i literally could not go outside at all for the past 3 days and now it's like now it's like you know it's a little bit you know easier and a little bit more normal summer temperature however it is now at the point where it is hotter in the apartment than it is outside <laughs> yeah uh so uh jesus um i literally have two fans pointed at me right now nice I cannot hear them, so that's great. Uh, you know what? I've positioned them extremely well. If if I'm, yeah. you know, if I can, if I can do a little brag. You have uh, two fans pointed at you, and I have a hot water bottle on my feet. <laughs> Let's <laughs> fucking do this. Let's fucking go. <laughs> You're about to witness a music podcast most foul. What you're about to hear is likely not safe for work, but if you're unperturbed by coarse language and sensitive content, you'll find yourself wrapped up in a world of music and mystery, the likes of which you've never heard before. Why don't you walk through the door and play our devious little game?
Welcome one and all to Artificial Ghost Radio, a musical tour through the minds of our contestants. I'm floating in the void of space, Miles Lazarus. And this episode is extremely late. I'm Jupiter. (laughs) (laughs) Don't look at the person behind the curtain, Jupiter. Come on. I mean, look. I mean, look. Look, we can can be honest with ourselves. We can be honest. Uh, that this episode that is is fairly late. But you know what? Mm-hmm. You know what? Mm-hmm. We're valid. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best we can say is that we're valid. <laughs> okay. Now, that being said, I will go ahead and just uh, uh, put, a, put a little spotlight on this right at the beginning of the episode to, uh, to, to make sure that everyone is aware that we are changing our schedule. Some of you may be thinking, they have a schedule? <laughs> and we're here to tell you, theoretically. <laughs> yeah, we've we've theoretically, you know, been supposed to upload on Saturdays, and then we kind of unofficially moved it to Sundays, and then often it came out on Monday or Tuesday. Um, and now we're doing a thing where we actually have a schedule. Yeah! Uh, where, uh, we are, uh, gonna be uploading on Wednesdays, uh, every other Wednesday opposite to Enchanting Aspects. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we're sort of like, sort of like, you know, fucking, uh, 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 my brain fucking doesn't work because of the goddamn heat. <laughs> You've been scrambled. I really have. I really, really have. Um, <laughs> yikes, uh, Rooney. Um, anyway, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. Um, is that, uh, we're updating on every other Wednesday now, uh, and our recording schedule finally makes sense. Also, just to like, uh, let everyone know, um, it's been enough time in between episode recordings that both Jupiter and I have gotten tattoos since we last <laughs> recorded an episode. <laughs> that is extremely true. That's extremely true. We both got arm tats. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I might have talked about this on the podcast before. I literally can't remember, but I got the, uh, I got a tattoo of, uh, that I've been planning to get for a while of a butcher's knife on my, uh, right forearm, inner right forearm. Fucking really getting the hiccups right in the middle of my goddamn sentence very cool loves it um that says uh in between the handle and the blade hands off my body in in reference to the song hands off my body by ballpark music that miles introduced me to on this very podcast now uh jupiter i will correct you that you did bring the song to the podcast (laughs) how no no, because I didn't. I mean, I, I didn't bring it because <laughs> I had no idea who Ballpark Music were, and this is the only song that I ever heard from them. I thought it was from a, a video game soundtrack that you had heard. I because I'm telling you, I only know a couple Ballpark Music songs, and that's because they're Australian. Question mark. Which um. is why, which is why <laughs> you are more likely to have brought it. Jupiter, I'm telling you, I did not bring it. Okay, well, I am. I'm looking into it. I'm gonna find out. If and... I did bring it, I've been pressed. Because it wasn't me. I didn't bring it. Wait, did a guest bring it? I don't think so. I'm going to have to look into uh, the 
the way that I'm doing this and doing my research here, doing my homework, is by looking at the Art Ghost uh, uh, Spotify playlist that yeah, Sandalassi yeah, yeah. is, yeah. is yeah. Uh, updating and finding out Shouts where out. on it is it is so that I can... Yeah, and just like see the songs in between it in relation, like if you yeah. know that song. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um... So give me a second here, I guess, while I find this, because now I'm so extremely curious, and tell me about your tattoo. My tattoo is of a mushroom, uh, and it's on my left inner wrist, and it hurt like a motherfucker. And uh, I really like it. It's done by the same person that did my other two tattoos. So now I have a bottle brush with a switchblade. I have a little sprig of rosemary and I have a little mushroom. Thinking about just doing a sort of general uh, witchy, woodsy kind of floral sleeve on that. And uh, I really like the artist I'm going to. She does a lot of really beautiful floral pieces and like really realistic like glass work. Like you can get like really realistic crystals from her. Um and it's really, really fun. Uh, yeah, it hurts so badly. Um, mm-hmm. But I also love it because I don't have, like, meanings behind my tattoos. Like, the rosemary is for protection because pagan. But um, apart from that, I don't really – like, I'm just – I like art on my body. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, But the meaning that I found in the mushroom tattoo, which is the more important thing to me, is because I love this quote. I believe it's from, like, a, a woman on TikTok or something. It's this quote that is, living people eat dead mushrooms living mushrooms eat dead people um and i really like just the circle of life in that sort of way because uh it's like really creepy but also just like really fun uh and i think mushrooms are cool as hell also i got it um in sort of commemoration because i'm doing a uh mushroom uh zine zine however the fuck you pronounce it um and i thought it would be really funny if at the end of the book i had like a little picture of a tattoo that i got and it's like yeah i'm fucking serious about this everyone i really like mushrooms (laughs) aww so look forward to that when that drops yes jupiter hell yeah um i'm still looking but yeah my tattoo was uh definitely uh uh extremely uh uh extremely painful it was my first tattoo and uh yeah bold choice for a first tattoo as well like placement wise I don't know where is good, you know? No idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just sort of went for it because I figured, why the fuck not, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, this is a tattoo that I've wanted for a while and, uh, like, something that I've been thinking a lot about ever since the uh, song was brought up and I still can't find... I'm in the right couple of episodes. But it's not, it's not showing up. Oh, I'll tell you that I distinctly remember you bringing this song and saying that you like it in terms of like gender expression. Like that's the memory that I'm getting is like, yeah, it was a, a gender euphoric song. So that's why I'm thinking that you bought it. So, so I think, I think what might have happened from what I can gather is that, uh, is that I think, okay, yes. So it was in the queer anthems episode, episode 40. Uh, and, uh, I guess just going by the track list, it looks like I must have brought it, but I don't know how I found it. I also don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? After we record this, I'm going to go back and listen to that episode. And okay. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Hell yeah. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do some investigative journalism on... <laughs> it's so funny making a podcast with two people with memory issues. Yeah! 
Oh my goodness. Um, all right, all right. Well, Miles. Cheap it up. I have a question for you. Yep. Are you ready to be intimidated? You can try. <laughs> this is this was a, a very uh, weird theme for me, and I picked it. I was about to say, oh, it was a weird theme for you. Yeah, also, same. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like, how do you define what a so- an intimidating song is? And yeah. uh, and I uh, originally was going to bring uh, uh, Planet B by uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Mm, good choice. Because that's just like, you know, it's a very heavy song. Long and uh, uh, would uh, uh, require us to go into some very heavy shit on this podcast that makes me sort of intimidated. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. It's more like the uncomfortable. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like that makes yeah. you lightly uncomfortable to post. Yeah. So uh, I eventually, with the time, the extra time that we had to prepare, yeah. Uh, I decided to change songs into something much more lighthearted, but still very intimidating on a very real level. Okay. So, the song that I am bringing <laughs> is uh, Resonance, uh, which is by, I have to, I have to, sorry, I have to look it up because I'm a fool, because I'm a fool. Uh, by TM Revolution, uh, which is, you might recognize it much better as the, uh, the original opening song to Soul Eater. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Let's get into this gig. I love the music from Soul Eater. Oh my god. The music from Soul Eater is so good. The show is problematic at best (laughs) yeah it's i mean i really liked it when i was a kid but mostly because it was just like you know full goth aesthetic uh and like the like it was like the exact sort of thing that me as an edgy kid wanted to watch but even even back then as a kid and to be honest this probably has uh more to do with me being a closeted asexual than me being like you know understanding what feminism was at the time uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be fair, I, I don't want to put myself on too high of a pedestal here, but, uh, uh, but, uh, uh, even at the time, like, all of the horniness made me extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, it is one of, it's, uh, I mean, like, listen, this is why I don't watch, uh, pretty much any anime at this point. Valid. <laughs> Unless I'm, like, kind of guaranteed that it's not gonna be horrifyingly horny. Uh, especially with, like, high schoolers. Right, yeah, because that's, like, that's definitely the thing, uh, uh, is, uh, and, like, like, that's a, that's a whole, that's a whole can of worms, that's a whole conversation, uh, we can, we can just say that it obviously sucks. (laughs) Obviously very bad. Yeah, and, uh, uh, sort of, uh, move on for now, uh, it's, uh, honestly, I've just, like, that's a topic that has come up so much because, you know, on Deck of Friendship. So it's just like, you know, ground that I've tread before. But 
so uh uh this song uh is maybe one of the best anime openings ever made it's i agree it's so good it's so iconic uh it's extremely it's just extremely rad uh and uh we're going to listen to it before I tell you why it makes me intimidated. Yeah, I'm curious. Okay, I'm into it. I'm into this. I'm into this a lot. Hee <laughs> I'm glad. So, without further ado, let's give this song a little listen, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. So, so well. What did you think? I mean, it still it goes hard. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It's. It's very, like, it's not the, like, because I feel like there are a couple of different categories of themes and we might get into that, I don't know. But, like, this is definitely, like, there are particular anime themes that are, like, fucking hardcore punk songs. Like, I remember Uh the Death Note songs being really intense. But this is on the side of, like, goth rock, like, metal-y, like... There's something a little bit, like, campy. Uh, it's like, I don't know how to describe the genre of music, but it, like, really suits the, like, kind of themes of Soul Leader. Uh, so yeah. whenever I listen to it, you do, it also sounds kind of like a Dance Dance Revolution song. It sounds like you could be dancing to this. It's, you know what? It's funny you say that. Oh, shit. Now, uh, uh, so uh, I have... Uh, not, uh, not Dance Dance Revolution, but I have been playing a lot of a particular rhythm game. Mm. I have been playing quite a lot of Beat Saber. Okay. Beat Saber, uh, uh, for those unawares, which might be you, Miles, um, uh, is a, uh, uh, is a, uh, VR exclusive rhythm game where the concept is that you are in your VR headset, you are looking down a track and notes come towards you, these little note blocks with arrows on them, and you have to slice them with your beam swords to the beat of the music in the direction that the arrow points on each beat block and matching the color of the left and right sword. And I've seen a lot of people stream it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and, uh, you occasionally have to, like, duck down or, uh, move your head side to side to avoid, like, walls. Um, so it's a, it's a really, really fun game. It's a really great workout. It is, uh, super, super rad. Uh, I have been playing a lot of it. Uh, not so much during the heat wave because I would die. <laughs> But uh, I've been playing a lot of it, and uh, it's it's the sort of game where it's just like it's the sort of game where like you just fall into the rhythm. Like I feel like uh, you know this is a very common experience with rhythm games, literally fall into the rhythm. But like where you like 
you just lose yourself in it and you're dancing to these songs while moving like the beam sabers in like the perfect way that will uh, uh, match the song and like the way that these like songs and maps are created when you are uh, dancing to them when you are slicing the uh, when you are slicing the, the notes because that you have to slice them in particular directions uh, it forces you to dance and move your body in particular ways to uh, that like tend to really fit the song and it's like really really good i've been listening to not gonna lie i've been listening to a lot of lincoln park lately and i uh fell back into it because of beat saber because uh lincoln park songs feel really good to play in beat saber because like every time they go for a hard note uh it just like it feels so like aggressive and visceral and every time they go for a hard note like you have to slam down your beat saber your sabers on like down in front of you in a way that like just feels really good in the moment um Mm -hmm. Uh, so, uh, one of the other things about Beat Saber is that, uh, there are the official songs that have been made for the game by the developers, but the majority of the appeal of Beat Saber comes from the community content. And, uh, the, uh, uh, teams of modders and, you know, people have made really, like, amazing maps to just songs that they like. And, uh, it's it's a great way to like just have a essentially you know practically infinite selection of of opportunities to play Beat Saber uh, and get your workout in and uh, you can like it's really good for workouts too because you can like make up like a playlist of songs that like will do the like exercises that you need which is fun um uh but like the, the community has done so much for Beat Saber it's like it would not be the game that it is without modders and like you can just you know not literally any song but like you can find a lot of songs for Beat Saber and it's really really great mm, cool so how does this relate to Residence well you might be able to guess yeah I figured <laughs> so uh, I have uh, I was listening to Residence uh, honestly because I've been in a very much like watching meaningless YouTube videos sort of vibe lately mm-hmm. uh, do a lot of food review stuff because I'm a sucker mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, someone show uh, ProZD uh, also has uh, you know does food reviews but also has videos with his friend Jay of uh, him and Jay trying to, like, guess an anime by its opening. Ooh. It's really fun. Um, And Residence came up, and... uh, and it just made me want to listen to Residence a lot. And then I did. And now it's just part of my Spotify playlist. And now I kind of want to go back. I want to go and like listen to what else TM Revolution is, is done. Because this song was made for an album that I don't think has anything to do with Soul Eater. Hell yes. That is honestly my favorite kind of anime opening. There have been a couple animes where like... It's just, they just like, you know, obviously ask an artist to be like, hey, can we use this song for an anime theme? And then yeah. you find their other music and you're like, oh, fuck yes. 
<laughs> they slap so hard. Hell yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, I, <laughs> so, okay, so, um, so I, I had been listening to a lot of Resonance because it's extremely tight, and I was like, oh, shit, I wonder if anybody has made Resonance into a Beat Saber track. And they have. Now, a thing about the Beat Saber community, love them, they're so important, they're great. <laughs> They tend to make songs, uh, so there are difficulties for Beat Saber. It goes from like, you know, easy to expert plus. Yeah. And then some people are just like, hey, fuck it. I'm going to mod in additional harder difficulties because why the fuck not? That sounds right. So uh, a lot of uh, songs are uh, that people make uh, for community songs uh, tend to skew towards the harder difficulties. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes songs have multiple difficulties. Usually they don't because, hey, it's a lot of work to make these Beat Saber tracks. I can't blame them. Yeah, definitely. So, Resonance only comes in Expert Plus. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And I, uh, I uh, am currently floating in between normal and hard. Yeah. And the thing about Beat Saber is that, like, as you do it, you do get better at it. I mean, you're only doing one thing. You kind of have to. So eventually I'll be able to make my way up. But but I started playing it just to see, just to see what it was like. Because I was just like, oh, Expert Plus. Well, that's for sure too hard for me. But I want to see how much harder it is. Maybe I can. I didn't even get a second into the song. <laughs> because as soon as it starts, as soon as it starts, it's just like fucking 30 notes all in your face Oof. within the first like half second, like maybe more. Like it's frankly wild, frankly wild. Um, it's the same energy as my older brother, Zach, uh, getting extremely good at Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being the kind of person that like we'll take because he had a Nintendo Wii, so he had the Wii edition of Guitar Hero. Uh, he would like walk outside and play an expert level song without looking at the TV or hearing the song. Oh, God. <laughs> what? He's that kind of person, which oh I admire. God. I mean, he's a, a completely batshit, but <laughs> it was amazing to watch. Yeah, like... Here's the thing. Rhythm game players are the uh, uh, most unspeakable group of gamers. They are, yeah, if, if all of the gamers are walking into a bar, a uh, hush falls over the room when the rhythm gamers walk in. Yeah, because it's like, with rhythm games, it's just like, first, people who are really good at rhythm games are like Bigfoot. Like, it's like yeah. a mythical fucking quality to them. And when you see one, it's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And also... When rhythm game, like, when people are really good at rhythm games, play the rhythm game that they're really good at. <laughs> they're like, it's just like their eyes glaze over, they lose consciousness, and just become one with the video game. They're possessed. They're possessed. They're possessed by the video game. And, <laughs> and I want to get there with Beat Saber. Hell yes. 
And right now, right now, Resonance and a couple of like hundred Gex songs are. Ooh. Yeah, right. Ooh. Right. Yeah. They are my furthest point right now. Nice. And I don't know how long it's going to take for me to get there. I feel like I will, but like. Yeah. But, like, it's so, it, like, genuinely, like, shakes my boots thinking about the, like, about the, like, motions that I would have to do to do those songs. And, like, I mean, the thing about it is, eventually, it's just, like, well, you don't think about what you're doing. No. But, like, but just, like, I am not there yet. I, I, again, literally didn't even get, like, even half a second into the song. Yeah. Before I was, before it was over and I lost. Like, <laughs> like, it's the sort of thing where it's just, like, I tried it once and then was, like, yep, that's, I can't do that. I know I can't. There are some songs that are hard and I'm, like, oh, I can maybe do that if I put in the practice right now, if I just do it over and over again right now. Not that. Not that one. Not Resonance. It's like one of those, like, I mean, with any sort of, like, um, you know, uh, uh, people can make levels and share them. Like, a, whenever that happens, especially in stuff like Mario Maker, it's like there is one set of movements that will be able to get you to the goal. Yeah. And you have to memorize that entire sequence and execute it perfectly or you will never succeed. <laughs> yeah. But, like, but, like, with Mario Maker, it's, it's, like... I totally get what you mean. With Mario Maker, it's like kind of the opposite end of the bullshit hard video game scale. Sure. Which is like uh, on the like the axis of video game difficulty is like on one axis is easy to hard and on the other axis is uh, uh, full brain, empty brain. Sure. And rhythm games fall into hard, empty brain and Mario Maker falls into hard, full brain. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's fucking wild. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's my song for this week. That's where I'm at this week is, uh, uh, I am working up to beating resonance on Beat Saber. Let's see how it goes. Fuck yeah. That is a fantastic and noble goal. I Thank believe you. in you. Thank you. Miles. <laughs> Jupiter. Now what, now what is your song? <sighs> Uh-huh. Um, I mean, in in a, a classic Miles fashion, it's <laughs> gonna bring the tone down. <laughs> gonna maybe um, you know what? Just, just sort of bum us out a bit. <laughs> you know what? That doesn't surprise me, though. That doesn't surprise hey. me. Well, no, not because of you. Not because of your tendencies. I mean, because. I think inherently this theme uh, uh, sort of guides you towards the bummer zones, and yeah, uh, and I sort of subverted that at the last minute. You did, and I feel like you did a very good job in um, subverting my expectations because I really didn't know where you were going to go with it, and I feel like we ended in a really like that's an interesting way of interpreting it. Um, mine is a different way of interpreting the prompt um in a kind of way that will make uh some people uh, perhaps jupiter <laughs> say uh hey miles i don't think you did the theme very well. <laughs> you, you, uh, as so as always you are selling your shell yourself too short i'm shelling myself you're um, shelling yourself <laughs> i'm selling my seashells by the seashore mm-hmm. um 
I don't think I am selling myself short on this one. So the yeah, song but that's that anxiety. I'm but Miles, that's anxiety. I mean, yes, it is. It is. Um, it's founded though. It's founded anxiety. Uh, so the song that I'm bringing is called "Objects in Space" by La Dispute. Okay. Um, and I will get into why. It intimidates me after we listen to it. Um, I'm just going to tell my friend Jupiter, don't know if you're going to like this song. <laughs> so That's fine. Sorry about that. That's fine. Hey, hey, Miles, I have a secret for you. Mm-hmm. I still like it when you bring songs I don't like. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so let's listen to the song, eh? I'm excited. Yeah, let's fucking, let's fucking get into it. set by gravestones all the things you see there but don't understand still bring a remembered thing back vividly invoke someone's reality when they're together in that place in that way out of context and i knew i had to take it down before anybody else saw so so what did you think you know what miles I don't, uh, I don't always, uh, uh, love the, like, poetic, like, like, really, like, poetry heavy songs that you bring, uh, that are just, like, some poetry that somebody wrote and a guitar. Mm-hmm. But I really liked this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I did. I really, really liked this one. This was good. Um, I, uh, I have a lot of thoughts about it. I thought it was really Ooh. well done. I think it's really gripping and really interesting. And this is a good one. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Both of those in succession. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. You're a, you're a hell yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm a fuck yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> uh, we complete each other. Yay. So. I have, like, two different sort of, like, things I want to talk about. Like, obviously, like, the theme of it, like, why it intimidates me. And also, like, the song itself. And I'll talk a little bit about the song itself first. Um, because I really, uh, again, yeah, like, I, I have enjoyed, like, poetry songs uh, over the years. And I, sometimes you're right, like, it does kind of feel like um, a sad teen sort of in their room, kind of like over the garden wall style of, mm-hmm. like, Wirt recording poetry in his room. It feels a little yeah. bit like that sometimes. Yeah, not what I said but yeah no but it's the vibe <laughs> that's at least the vibe i get yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um but uh i think a lot of speed really does uh some interesting things with the way that they write lyrics and the poetry of their lyrics uh because they are a very like yeah like a very word heavy uh band i would say uh, a lot of different like themes and ideas happening in different albums and in different songs uh i really like this one because uh, La Dispute, from what I've listened to, uh, has dealt a lot with uh, the results of car crashes, especially uh, in regards to uh, loss. And in this song, even, they reference uh, driving by uh, those sort of markers on roadsides where people have died in accidents. Yeah. Um, and then, again, evoking it later in the song by saying that he's going to put all of these objects that remind him of this person on the roadside, sort of saying that uh, all that through the song, it's like it's 50% a breakup and 50% a death. Um, and you're not quite sure throughout the song which one is the reality of the situation. 
I mean, it feels it to me. It feels very strongly death themed. Yeah, um, it's it's really it's an interesting one to go through. And I, because I love obviously very visual songs, um, and this is one of those songs that like I would love to make a comic of it, like visualizing all of these objects yeah. that he's putting in these different rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, uh, oh, the one that got me was. Um, Postcards, ticket stops from one thing or another, a personalized coffee mug, neither your name nor mine. Yeah, that one also really got me. That one also really got me for sure. Because that is such a a real object that mm-hmm. exists, uh, especially like in my friend group, we have a lot of like world's best grandma and like yeah. Keith. <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm 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 thinking specifically about a uh, a mug that Thea just bought that uh, is a mug that has Garfield on it that says, uh, uh, "God, it says like I think it just says like bad." <laughs> I love that so much. I actually <laughs> this you know is what? my bad Garfield. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go look at it really quick because I can. Yeah, go do that. Yeah, go do that. Okay, now it's actually much better than that. It is a mug okay. that has Garfield on it, looking uh, sort of shocked and unnerved. And on both <laughs> sides, it's a it's a matching print on both sides, and it says in purple letters in all caps, "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Yeah. Uh, and. Fiona Garfield. Yeah, it's Ono Garfield. And it's just like, it's a sort of thing that, like, like, to me, like, like, this song, uh, if you don't mind me getting into my thing about it. Mm, please. This song really, like, was, it was making me thinking of, like, what do objects mean? Yeah, same. Like, on a, on a raw level, like, like, on a raw level, they're, like, all personal, but on another level, like, you know, in colonized America, or col- in colonized countries in general, just under capitalism, like, things are so mass-produced and wasted and, uh, and made for nobody, truly, but even still, like, you know, like, this- Oh no, Garfield mug. Truly, who is this for? Like, yeah. It's a Garfield mug, and Garfield is maybe one of the, uh, uh, like, most, one of the most, like, prolific icons of capitalism, <laughs> which is yeah. to say, he is, as a character and as a entity, extremely meaningless, but just everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. But, nevertheless, this mug, it's very recent, but it is very, uh, it makes me feel happy, not because of Garfield and partially because, you know, it says, oh no, and that's just funny. But also just because, you know, when Thea brought it home, they were very excited about it. And it's now like, it feels for some reason like it has weight, a weight that Mm. I can't really describe. And, And it's sort of interesting, like thinking about like what all of these random objects and collected things and gifts and oddities and thrift shop finds, what all of these things mean. Mm. And it's a, I think it's a, it's a question that you can only answer partially in retrospect and partially just by truly examining what you have and, and finding that story. Yeah. Uh, listening to this song 
it made me think of the series of objects and possessions that we own that will be like laid out when we are gone. Mm -hmm. And it made me think of a person shape in the ground where these objects are lying um, and how we move ourselves through different rooms of the house as well. Uh, this guy moving these objects from the bathroom to the kitchen to the living room to the bedroom, uh, seeing how they exist in each space and how we exist in each space that we are in. Right. Um, and it's so interesting that he's using like the metaphor of a bunch of objects and like, you know, kitschy gifts from rest stops, pictures from vacations. Yeah. Uh, a book about identifying wildflowers, like things that, uh, have context to them and out of context have no meaning or relation to each other, but they make the image of a person that you can so vividly imagine. Um, and it's, uh, it's really, yeah. It's, I know, it's it really, sort of it's, like, sort of like a ghost, like, it really is. Like, like, yeah, I, like, I, I don't know if I can describe it better than that to be, I don't know if I can clarify what I mean, but in a very real way, the empty space left behind carried between these objects is very much like a ghost. It's the after image of a person that's yeah. still left there. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, so that is like, Part of the reason why I really like the song and why I bought this particular song of this album is because that like image really touched me. And um, yeah, the idea of like what we leave behind when we leave. Um, and yeah, like just how your family deals with incongruent objects that are yours and like what's going to happen to my fucking plastic dinosaurs when I die. Like yeah. there are a lot of different things that I think about. Um, and then so the reason why I bought this for why uh, it intimidates me is because I haven't listened to many of the songs on this album. I actually went to listen to it the other week when I was about to walk the dogs um, and I had to stop myself like midway through the first song and put on my normal playlist because I am kind of scared to listen to La Dispute, which sounds really silly because I found them when I was at a really bad time in my life as a kid. And I was like 12 to 14. I was listening to a lot of this sort of like post hardcore, like heavy screamer. So like a lot of their other stuff is like heavy screamer. Um, I've bought one of their songs before, uh, and it was really good and really touching, but again, very emotional for me. Um, and there are a couple different artists and bands where I don't know if I can listen to them because I don't know if I will be back in that space again. Mm -hmm. And that worries me and intimidates me more than the potential of finding a band that I would really like. So when this has come up in like my YouTube recommendations, like song recommendations before, I've listened to it and I've loved it and I've wanted to hear more, but there's always that little thing in the back of my head that maybe like everything would just be sad and like horrible again. Uh, and it's a really strange and disparate thought from listening to, there's another song in this album that I've listened to called Woman in Mirror. And it's a song that makes my heart hurt because it's just about looking at your partner as they get ready to like go to a party and being so in love with them and everything that they do, no matter how they look and like, no matter what they're doing with their appearance, they're just like perfect to you. And, uh, it sucks because it's such a beautiful romantic song to me, but like, there's always that thing in the back of my head, like 
this is going to break me. Yeah. No, I I mean, I totally understand that. Like, like, you know, for me, like the songs that I was tending to listen to when I was a really in a really bad place. Uh, uh, it's weird because I am a person who has sort of always lived in the darkness in a very real way. And like, I consider myself a very positive and optimistic person nowadays. Sure. But, you know, even still, I tread in the dark and always have. And in a very real way, there are, there are artists and albums and songs that are very tied to specific times in my life. Not even all of them like heart wrenching. I mean, some sure, but certainly not all. Like, I mean, you know, fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers. There was a band that I really sure. loved when I was a, a young teen. And yeah. I was also going through a lot of fucked up shit. But, yeah. you know, in a also real way, like, you know, I was going through a lot of fucked up shit like a year or two years ago. And a lot of the stuff that I was listening to back then feel, even though it's still in my playlist, sometimes it feels a little taboo. And there are things that I need to skip. Yeah. And there's always a feeling like, I'll come back to it when I'm ready. Mm. And for me, I mean, like, you know, I've been sort of even going through a similar experience recently of, like, re-listening to Linkin Park songs because Linkin Park was a fucking big char- part of my childhood. And, like, and I always felt kind of embarrassed for liking them. And then now I, you know, listen back and like, oh, actually, Linkin Park fucking slaps. And even still, even songs by them that I haven't heard before, like, just they relate to me so specifically in a lot of ways. Yeah. And there are, I have had a lot of times listening to Linkin Park where I'm just like, oh, this song slaps, this song slaps, I'm starting to listen to the lyrics, I need to skip this. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, like, you know, again, I've always treaded in the darkness and I want to continue to do that. But art also has a very real impact on your real life and experiences and emotions. Yeah, definitely. And I I guess, I mean, I guess that's part of the reason why I'm going to therapy. <laughs> well, sure. In a very silly way, uh, like the movie Monty Python and the Holy Grail reminds me of my parents' divorce, which is very funny <laughs> because uh-huh. my parents told my brother and I that they were going to get separated <laughs> before we watched Monty Python. Oh my god. <laughs> So whenever I, like, think about it or see it, it's not even, like, a bad thing because, like, listen, my parents should have gotten divorced and I don't feel bad about it. But it is very funny just seeing gifts or whatever and just being like, (laughs) my parents got divorced. (laughs) Uh, I, oh my god. Yeah, it's like, it is like... It is so wild, like, the things that will trigger memories or trigger emotions. Like, (laughs) it is wild. And it is, like, in a very real way. I mean, this song, like, encapsulates that feeling in a very real way of, like, 
like just wandering through uh, the sort of like empty space of like of your past, a place you can never go back to, and yeah. finding the mementos and the fucking weird things and the art. Fucking for me, house layout. That's something that can trigger yeah. me. Yeah, for sure. And it's like fucking like. It's a wild thing, but like, it's also extremely real. And like, objects are at once out of context and meaningless and extremely personal and meaningful. And in a lot of ways, you can't, you can't be separated from, you can't be separated from that in a lot of ways. Yeah. And yeah. And, and yeah. And yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I think the last thing I really have to say about this song is because uh, this is also in like the genius lyrics page. But I remember like listening to the song and googling it afterwards because really curious as to how like this song came about. Uh, and a little like little bit on the genius lyrics uh, says that the uh, lead singer uh, basically got the idea for this song because he went to a bunch of thrift shops after being uh, in a bit of a writer's block sort of situation and bought objects that just like called out to him. And, like, rearranged them on the ground, took photos of them, tried to find something that would, like, inspire him. And his mum came home and asked him if he was making a shrine to someone. And I think it's really fascinating to go to thrift stores, especially when you see these objects that, like, people have donated that used to obviously, like, mean something to them that were part of the uh, space in the universe where their body should be, but where objects are instead. Um, That used to be, like their like part of their physical form basically um and and taking them apart it's really interesting yeah that really like honestly like this has been like a thing that i have thought for a long time but i haven't really had the words to like describe its impact but you know part of the reason you know why i really enjoy thrift shopping is because you know you're not having to buy a new thing you know and it's obviously cheaper Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways so that's tends to be easier and also like you know thrifted clothes are just good but also in a very real way you know and i've I've said this before uh, about it that like i like items to have history that isn't mine because i like them to have a story because like because it it I, I I still don't know if I have the reason to like the words to describe the reason, but like they feel more real, like they have more weight and more gravity, even though I don't know the story and will never know the fact that somebody out there and frankly, somebody who is probably gone loved these objects, took care of them yeah. and or Frank, like or whatever, whatever the story was. Something happened. These objects are important in a way. And buying new stuff feels in a lot of ways wrong on a sort of almost spiritual level Mm. in that the objects, the new objects are blank slates. They don't have a soul to them. And for some reason, that's that's like it's more energy to have a place for new objects than old objects. Yeah. I've I've thought about that at um there is a uh St. Vincent de Paul Society fucking whatever Vinny's thrift shop sort of situation charity shop um that has a set of very fine um like plates and uh cutlery and stuff that must have been a wedding gift to someone yeah. and I wonder if 
they got separated if they donated it if they died and to eat from that like like you think of um the night like was it their fancy plates where like they only got it out when their parents were visiting or did they eat panda express off of it like it is a it makes it feel um less taboo to interact with them i think like even these fancy objects even like when you see glasses like prescription glasses at a thrift store um it makes you think like it's true it, it is more tangible it's more lived in it has more character to it it's yeah it's tangible yeah and you can tell yeah. that it's already lived a full life before finding you and it's it no longer feels like when you get something brand new you don't want to ruin it and when you find something secondhand it's not that it's been ruined but it's been like already altered from its original state you could get for example those two like two brand new garfield mugs from the store or you can find two garfield mugs at a thrift store and they were and like even though they were made at the same time sold at the same time bought at the same time they are two completely separate objects because they've lived such completely different lives from each other right yeah well i think that's the thing of like when you're buying a new object like in a very real way it is coming from a place of malice and pain because of the system that created it oh definitely but when you're buying something thrifted it still has that weight of course but it's much more human because somebody had it before. Maybe multiple yeah. people. Because somebody put some part of themselves into it. And now it's yours. And it's like carrying on the legacy of objects hmm. in a in a way that like... And I suppose you could call that a level of like, I don't know, performative anti-capitalism. Because like, at the end of the day, like, you know, they still come from the same place. Mm-hmm. But I still think that it holds more spiritual, emotional weight because, you know, like at the end of the day, when capitalism ends and when we stop exploiting the land for all of its fucking like gifts and like poisoning the earth and its people in order to make fucking Garfield mugs, those things will like that capitalism made will still exist. You know, Mm. there won't be any more of them, but they will still exist. And at that point, you know, they will be passed down, they will be traded, they will be uh, uh, they will be thrifted even in a world that doesn't have money. Like, these objects will have weight. So, I don't know. It's, what do objects mean? I don't don't know. But this song definitely brings up a lot of thoughts about that. Mm, Yeah. How terribly human is it that we construct our physical forms of our series of objects out of uh, other people's physical forms in the form of objects. Yeah. And that we will continue the recycling process as we go forwards. Again, living people eat dead mushrooms. (laughs) Living mushrooms eat dead people. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) That was good. I'm glad I'm glad we talked about that. Hell yeah. I'm glad it wasn't um Miles's sad boy poetry corner. It was Miles and Jupiter's <laughs> sad boy poetry corner. Uh, yeah. Um, hey, Miles. Hey, Jupiter. You want to take a little breaky break? 
Yeah, let's break it down. Let's break it down. God, we haven't said that in a while. It's been a while since we've broken it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, Miles. Jupiter, it is time. Is it? It is time for the wheel. Oh. For a second, I thought you were going to bring a segment. I was like, we've been talking for a while. No. Okay. <laughs> I thought better. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. We tend we tend to run a little long, but then it I edit it down and get rid of like the chunks where we're just listening to the song, and it's like, oh no, this is like you know we recorded for an hour and forty minutes, but it's just an hour long episode. Yes, I you can't explain it. Um, it's time to spin the fucking wheel. <laughs> this is the energy we're bringing into it. Yeah, fuck yeah. This is the energy that we're fucking fuck yeah, bri- spin the wheel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Give that wheel the business. Oh. <laughs> is that a good O? It is. It is a good O. I really like this song. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not convinced it's gonna, uh, emotionally bring the energy up, but. <laughs> Let's let's see how it goes. The song that we I got started high and we keep going down. <laughs> um, the song that uh, I'm trying to like even remember what the lyrics to this song are. The song that I'm bringing is uh, "Baby I'm Bleeding" by JPEG Mafia, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't know a lot of JPEG Mafia uh, uh, songs. To be honest, uh, you know, like JPEG Mafia is one of those artists. Uh, he is a, uh, a, uh, rapper with a lot of like very ag- uh, aggressive, uh, uh, production. Like in terms of like, in terms of production style, I would say that like what he is going for, uh, is like very, uh, electronic focused, very distortion focused, very, uh, um, very something that was, you know, born from the internet in a lot of ways. Uh, and, uh, in terms of his lyrics, to be honest, I don't know that I have, in fact, I can say for sure that I don't have the experience to really talk in detail about his lyrics in a lot of ways. Okay. So, fucking, let's go. Let's fucking go. Let's, but this song, this song really rolls. This song really rolls. Hey, Jupiter. Yeah. Does he have a, a rival called the, <laughs> P, the PNG Mafia? Let's listen to the song. Okay. <laughs> let's 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 you know, let's listen to the song. Okay. I did, you know it's it's so weird. I just heard the wind. Just heard the wind really quick. Wonder what I wonder where that was. <laughs> <laughs> let me open this goddamn link Discord. Come on. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Let's let's listen to this song. Let's fucking listen to it. I don't mean no fucking group. Peggy been a solo access, Looney Tunes and Goofy Truths. Catch me out in Boxdale, counting Fettuccini. While you pussy crackers still try past PT. Oh, I'm up in Brownsville, strapped with a Kimba. All you yuppie purses get swiped like Tinder. Now I'm at the White House, looking for your president. Hop up to Van Point guns at your residence. Oh, I'm up in Queens now, showing y'all a party. Hoping that you pussy ass drop on me.
Sir. What you think? Great energy. It is. It's a really, like, in, in terms of, like, the raw energy of the song, it is uh, extremely good. The production is extremely tight. Uh, it's just, like, it's just, like, a very fun listen. In terms of what the lyrics are about and who it is in conversation with, neither of us are anywhere close to being part of that conversation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, there are some things that I, I can talk about about with this song um uh, which okay so the hmm okay so i want to go ahead and just like you know for the purposes of exploration for the purposes of like trying to uh uh examine my uh, uh sort of like own uh, uh privilege and experience as a human being on this earth and uh uh you know i i want to sort of <sighs> There is a conversation that has been happening for a very long time, uh, and is, uh, something that, like, you know, truly on a very real level that, like, I don't, you know, I don't have any place talking about. But, like, there is a level of, right, of, like, the experiences of, uh, of, uh, the experiences of, of black people in America and just, like, around the world and, um, the, like, the way that, you know, I can acknowledge that the song has uh, the conversation that it is having, I have no place in, but yet I still listen to it and enjoy it. So what does that mean? What does it mean that I have this relationship to this song? What does it mean that, you know, I can listen to uh, uh, this song and bring it for the show? And like, what impression impression am I leaving like about? JPEG Mafia, but also like to a very real degree, like what does it like mean for me to be like as someone who, you know, is not black to be listening to a song like this and essentially not thinking about the lyrics and just being there essentially for the production, like what role am I having here? What in terms mm. of like the capitalistic work machine, in terms of the way that uh, that trauma and uh, uh, the experiences of uh, black people, especially in America, uh, but certainly around the world, uh, are exploited for like capitalistic profit at, you know, like the idea of, you know, pain being something that can be commercialized. Mm. And that's an uncomfortable conversation to have. And it is uncomfortable to like have this idea that like, you know, like that by li like of like understanding like and trying to reckon with your place in a white supremacist system if you are in a privileged position where uh, you know terrible things can happen to black people and at the end of the day even if you're horrified by that you won't be affected because the system is designed to protect you sure and yeah i i just 
it's a it's an extremely heavy thing to think about but also in a very real way like you know i mean i enjoy the song i think jpeg mafia is great um but also i can't articulate why i think he's great other than my love of his production style because on a very real level like his experiences are very unrelatable to my own uh and sure. you know is it am i just like by being an outside observer and being a consumer of his art that truly, like, can't have a, like, that I can't relate to and can't have, like, full understanding over what does that say about my role in the system, you know? Mm, sure, yeah. Uh, I don't know. And also, here's here's another thing, right? And something that I have to just go ahead and, like, you know, lay out here. Like, I'm thinking about this song, right? <sighs> This is an extremely, like, you know, it's a hard conversation to have, but I feel like it's it's worth having and worth acknowledging and worth, like, acknowledging, like, my place as an editor of this show of... Mm. If I'm trying to find a 30 second cut of this song to play in the episode, there is almost no way around it that it is going to feature uh, uh, JPEG Mafia, you know, saying the N word. Mm. And like, obviously, right? Like, not a fucking conversation under no circumstance. Like, obviously, like. As people who are not black, you know, we can't say or understand the, like, full weight of that word and the myriad of ways that it is used in black culture. Mm -hmm. But also, because of the format of this show, I have to make the decision of, do I censor it? Because at the end of the day, this is a podcast, uh, uh, you know, from a primarily white experience, mm -hmm. or do I leave it in without comment or acknowledgement as I have done before because it is, you know, because during the part of the podcast where you are listening to the segment of the song, if I were to censor it, A, it would call more attention to it, and B, that would be like... Like fracturing the original artist's perspective. Yeah, well, I feel like you kind of, yeah, I feel like that kind of answers the the question for itself. Is that I feel like censoring it isn't right, but I do, yeah, no, yeah, I just, I, just, I get where you're coming from with that. It's hmm. right, but like also at the end of the day, like we can't fully answer that question. Yeah. So I have just been like, you know, I have been taking the, uh, the, like, the path of like, you know, I don't, when I'm finding that cut of the song to play, like, I pick a cut that like, where it's not extremely prominent and not the focus and, um, but also not censoring it because I want to let people, these artists, speak for themselves yeah yeah so i don't know like obviously like at the end of the day like you know we can't fully come up with a solidified answer to these questions um mm. we can just sort of make the best decisions that we can and take uh uh take criticism in stride and listen to you know listen to black people and listen to people about their experiences and, and just try and make the best decisions that we can so in a lot of ways i just feel like you know like this is something that i've been thinking about and mm. 
it 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 would be weird to not acknowledge it you know not oh yeah not open myself up like that uh on like you know acknowledging that like <sighs> acknowledging the consumerism of it all you know essentially sure. acknowledging my place in that yeah. and trying to understand that so that as we continue on as a society as i continue on as a anarchist that like we are you know making the like best decisions with the best understanding that we can to uh completely dismantle capitalism and colonialism and fully understand the steps and the motivations and letting people lead in ways that directly affect them uh and understanding like on what things we can speak on and what things we have to just follow and respect and listen yeah um yeah so um i don't think that i can say further than that on this one yeah i mean i feel like you articulated it pretty well there is a it's a uh where the line is between consuming art made by people of color and then consuming people of color Mm -hmm. um and uh like that sort of um like the industry kind of consumption and that like uh careless or thoughtless kind of consumption where people kind of use black artists as their like black friend and Mm. their excuse to to do things obviously like we're not doing that but it's also kind of not up to us to decide these kinds of things right um but I think it is very important to be talking about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Again, I mean, again, it's kind of like nothing I can really comment too far on, but I think it's, yeah, it's complicated. It's extremely complicated. Where is the line? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And at the end of the day, right, like with this episode, with this song, first off, hey, you know what? This song is is very good jpeg mafia is extremely talented uh the production is incredible i love the way the song opens with the um with like almost the like experience of like the the uh uh really distorted weird production being uh uh played like on a speaker that is wonky and then jpeg mafia coming up and hitting it a couple of times like it's a very cool effect and it makes the song very feels very like real and very grounded and very like in a place a place that yeah. i have not been to but a place and uh uh and it's like it it like it's extremely well thought out extremely well made and you know i can all i can do is appreciate the parts that you know like uh, just just appreciate the song for like what i can know about it essentially yeah and um and as for you know this song i'm gonna as for like the cut that i'm gonna find of this song i'm gonna you know i'm just gonna do my best and try and follow the rules that i've internally followed for myself and listen to you know criticisms if they come yeah uh, so that is that is this song uh uh arguably <laughs> <laughs> Ar- arguably arguably i talked about this song yeah truly don't have too much to add apart from that it sounds really good and that uh yeah we're open to criticism on this one um yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely um well uh uh with that fucking wild note to end <laughs> the episode on let's end the episode <laughs> <laughs> let's bring it down right like like uh uh 
I don't know, like, yeah, what literally, literally, what can we say? Yeah. Literally, what more? Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, thank you so much for listening to Artificial Ghost Radio. Miles, Jupiter. what is, what is your theme for next episode? Well- so, uh, there was, I believe, a lost episode, um, when we were taking a break a little bit ago, um, and, uh, I, uh, I said a theme on that episode and then I didn't, uh, bring it back when we re-recorded, um, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna bring that theme back now. So, the theme for next episode is a song that was definitely made for straight men, but I like it anyway. <laughs> I don't remember this. <laughs> Memory issues. <laughs> we love it. Yeah, for real. For real. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yes. I have I have one or two songs that I could pick from for sure. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a theme generated from a song for me. Yeah. Because yeah, um yeah, a lot of music is made for cishet white men. Quite a lot of it. It's it's really it's kind of hard to avoid unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I will say that I've definitely curated my music to be primarily the songs in which it isn't, but the, it still gets through. Yeah, same. Like it's it still happens. Yeah. Listen, you guys know as listeners of the podcast that we bring a lot of predominantly like queer and like minority based music like we bring a lot of like that kind of energy we don't bring a lot of ed sheeran no no although i although i do have to you know uh, lay myself out again that i did very much have a uh, a, a era of the podcast where quite a lot of beastie boys came no. up <laughs> the beastie boys period it's like an art period there was yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Although I don't have, I, I don't think I have any more Beastie Boys on my playlist anymore because I just got so annoyed by them coming up again. No more Beasties in this playlist. Uh, Yeah. No more Beasties in this playlist. I can't remember the last time I intentionally listened to a Beastie Boys song. I also don't know. You know what? It was, um, the episode where, um, uh, it was like, a song that surprises you because you bought a Beastie Boys song that did not sound like a Beastie Boys song. And that was the best part about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was the best part about it. Okay, um, well, here's my Jupiter guarantee for next episode is that I will not fucking bring a Beastie Boys song. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I am not, under no circumstances am I going to do that. Let me make it clear. I do. I did really quite love Beastie Boys or bullshit. Please continue. <laughs> Oh no no no! Be- Beastie Boys are bullshit. Will will return. That's a fun it's thing fantastic. to do because it's kind. You know, because it's because it's kind of you know. I mean, it's it's also making fun of the Beastie Boys in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. But anyway. Uh. Cool. Well, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that episode. Mm-hmm. That'll mm-hmm. be fun. Mm-hmm. And again, we are going to be posting our episodes on every other Wednesday. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for uh, reminding me and the audience that we will be posting episodes every other Wednesday now. Yeah. Opposite of Enchanting Aspects. Yeah, yeah our sibling podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, thank you so much for listening to Artificial Ghost Radio. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at ArtGhostPod. Uh, you can f- definitely find us on Patreon at Patreon. Patreon.com. Oh, God, hiccups again. Really? Right at the end. Uh, 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 Patreon.com slash art deck aspects. Uh, We are, uh, you know, currently not 
super updating the Patreon with new content. We are plugging away with uh, 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 updating it in a very major way. Uh, presumably, we will have a meeting about that soon. We just need to get together for it. Uh, and, but even still, supporting us on Patreon is extremely valued, and we definitely extremely appreciate it. Uh, the financial support is uh, uh, very like tangible, and uh, we uh, it is is definitely the best way to support us and uh, my other podcasts. Uh, if you have uh, some extra money lying around that isn't going to more responsible places, uh, we would certainly appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thank you once again for listening to Artificial Ghost Radio, and we will see you when we see you. And remember, everybody, living people eat dead mushrooms. <laughs> living mushrooms eat dead people. <laughs>